Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're back to discuss the fifth episode in the third season of Upload Rescue Mission written by Stephanie Johnson directed by David Rogers. I think out of the five thus far this is probably the strongest episode and it's only because it made some progression on the plot line and it finally reconciled even further the danger that they're in going around doing the things that they're doing by having one of them finally get caught up and I'm glad because sometimes lessons need to be learned the hard way (laughs) but what does it mean that my girl Alicia is caught up in this time will tell before we jump into the review wherever listen to this podcast Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts Wherever good podcasts can be found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, and subscribe. And if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. Now, last week we talked about Alicia's storyline last because that was the preferred story arc. And while that continues to be a trend... We are going to talk about what she went through first, and then we'll talk about Nora and the adventure off into the gray zone. So Alicia gets a call from Luke, who is excited for her success, but isn't keen on hearing about this girl Karina that she's gushing over, even though he may also just be hiding the fact that he has an AI guy with him who's yelling out, hey, teacher. She's been chosen for a special project, which she learns is to guide the AI guy once downloaded into a clone of the actor whose saliva or DNA they were able to get and continue to copy. And she is to guide him 10 blocks around New York so that the guests in Lakeview can have a better more human experience but I feel as if they're utilizing this for a different reason because the first question she asks is why isn't his head blowing up because that is the consensus no one can be downloaded though one of the workers started to (laughs) explain due to his processing power and digitalization he's able to do it with no consequence but poor woman is told by Karina to not talk unless we ask you a question Karina is definitely probably not as she presents herself and while I like seeing her encouragement and support of Alicia I think her investment in this assignment and her being in that room to begin with, I think has a lot to do with her probably being further on the shady side of things. And she probably has her reasons like, well, I grew up from the block, you know, I can make change, but I'm going to have to do some, I'm going to have to play the game as it's played with the players in order to eventually get what ultimately I want or maybe she just wants a piece of the pie time will tell but I don't feel as if Alicia's 
relationship with her is doomed for anything but some heartache. Lucy is green with envy, betting money on how quickly <laughs> that Alicia will fail. Saying, how long did it take to get your driver's license, Lee She Driver's license? What am I, 50? Shut up, bitch! <laughs> oh my god! Alicia is able to guide her adult. Alicia is able to guide her adult birth child through petting a dog, almost being punched in the throat, how to cross the street without being ran over. Look both ways, motherfucker. <laughs> that line tickled the mess out of me. I think they're. They may be trying to use the AI clones to be more of a control mechanism that the billionaires, once they die, can utilize in the real world. But it also gives me an idea that maybe this AI guy at the end of the series may one day be able to live as a human. Upon seeing that they literally have tents around unsightly things such as homeless people, Alicia is a bit disgusted along with Karina, but AI guy upon stepping on the man's lunch apologizes. He expresses his feelings that he doesn't think it's right that this man should have to live in the street who programmed this world as he states any more than the two G's having their existence so limited he considers it unfair so he offers his hat to the man due to the bright sun and walks off and while that was their only way of tracking him alicia is pleased proud of your boy i love that alicia was visibly emotionally invested as much as the nerds on ai's continued growth even if that led him to a charger <laughs> It took Alicia two clicks before everyone else figured out what he what he definitely intended to stick into that thing. She was like, let's get him some privacy. <laughs> that pretty much wraps up her story arc until we hear her voice welcoming Nora to what seems the afterlife at Lakeview because she's died. The only thing I'm thrown off by is she can't afford Lakeview. <laughs> so how did she end up here unless someone is luring here maybe into giving up information? The two Nathans finally learn out about one another on a three-way call when Luke asks for help. Being held due to his misguided attempt to make money selling one of the AI Gardener guys. Telling him, you want to go do something neat, cool, and fun? He turns into a pineapple that gets him past the security so that he can walk in the gray zone. He says, hi, teacher. And then he finds out what, what Zalan plans to do with him, which is disassemble. AI guy said, not cool, not fun, not neat. <laughs> so... He ends up sacrificing himself so the AI guy can get away. He calls Nathan for help. This is right in the middle of an argument that Nathan and 
nor are having because the dog got into the pills so holden has to take her dog to the vet and he may not have what he needs due to his flatulence but apparently that's all the doctor gave him was (laughs) was uh some pretty basic pills for his farting even though both of them know he needs it it's not really helping the situation with his bleeding noses and since he didn't tell her about having such nosebleeds she wants to go see Dr. Kapoor again or take him to a hospital but I feel as if this is the risk you already knew was happening so being overly obsessive about it like you always knew that this was a possibility so you kind of need to chill seriously it's really him he's died already but they have to put their stuff on hold so that they can help they can help luke so he goes to the library where he has to consent to being told that the information you find in this books may not coincide with what you've been told in real life while nora goes in using his headset to meet the other nathan that she's excited to have two nathans because it's a fantasy and she goes and retrieves him and his fanny pack with all of his unnecessary uh, cosmetics in there he also learns he's the copy which he is not fond of hearing i want to know what you doing out here with all this ass double cheeked up on a thursday afternoon hella ass the sun is still out The two Nathans discuss the other's happy existence while the other is stuck with Ingrid making his outfit choices that he doesn't fully resent. Nathan has grown thanks to Nora, having even done the dishes, following her advice on things he doesn't know like direction. He feels more mature than the person he previously was. But his copy 2.0 is really jealous that he's where he's supposed to be whereas he's still in a bit of limbo because they both said i love you to nora but the ones like you can't say that (laughs) but uh, but he is still in that wishy-washy phase i did love getting back to the gray zone and it's new gentrification meaning this could be its own sub world which would be fun I always felt as if they never explored the gray zone enough. Nora learns that Dr. Kapoor is no longer at his residence with another woman, not very uh, convincingly posing as the resident before she is chased and grabbed in an alley only to wake up in uh, in Lakeview as we explain. Um, Holden is the one that told her about the pills that's what prompted her to go see Dr. Kapoor because also the two Nathans did not need her and they needed to talk about their feelings. Mostly what 2.0 is feeling and the other copy wish she was feeling. <laughs> they come up with a weird plan to, to a switcheroo to save um, Luke who is being dressed up and having to fan Zalan 
with all of his muscles out. And when they make the trade or the switch, of course, the other one just slips off his goggles and easy peasy. They end up getting him back. And what did he say? I'm the cream in in the sandwich between the Nathans? Jesus. <laughs> Too much sometimes. I was glad that they finally put him in some jeans. Him, I do mean Luke. Uh, the other big story arc was Ingrid. Upon realizing she's been caught, um, she decides and she sees that Nathan is already with his Nora. She thinks she's lost him all over again. She decides to move on. She calls her friend Mercedes. But she doesn't have friends. <laughs> she she has people that are fake, that do things like uh, a horse exercise to get their queefs out. Just disgusting. Even though I did laugh when the one chick fell over. She's like, oh, I'm doing a house tour. <laughs> but she realizes that this life, her reality is not fun. And while, yes, yeah, she's spending all of her time in a bathtub, she comes to the realization that Lakeview actually is her home and that her loyalty to Nathan is not something she is ashamed of but something she finds as a good trait versus everyone else in her life. There, there's nothing real here. Um, and you see that her friends never even thought that Nathan was anything. They thought he was cheap uh, and, and unsuccessful and a wannabe. So she always took this extra considering look over to Nathan as being someone completely different. Now on one end, this is sad. Because I think ultimately the best thing Ingrid needs is Ingrid. She needs to find her life away from just the man that inspired her to be better. She just needs to walk that path. She's trying and I don't expect, because I think that's unrealistic for someone who's so spoiled, so indulged, so ridiculous to turn around and, and, all of a sudden be a better ideal persona. We see she still has many, many, many flaws. But she is reconciling that her life is just with the people that she's grown close to. And that is at Lakeview, where everyone's senior citizens. <laughs> but on the other hand, on the flip side of that, I'm not going to judge her too harshly because Nora fell in love with a dead man. And if we can't be mad at Nora fell falling in love and chasing and risking her life and doing all of this for a dead man, then how can we knock Ingrid for wanting that same kind of love if there's a ch even a chance in her mind that he's still hers? And in his mind, she is. So, I mean, he even announced, I'm back with Ingrid. I think she also chose to face the music at that point. It's like, okay, I made the copy. If he's going to confront me about it, I I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to deal with the consequence of it. And I'd rather know than not know. Than pretend to be all upset about it. And this is the situation I knew it was. 
So I know she's not the easiest character to like because she's so, so ridiculous. But I do like that they're making an unlikable character remain and push them to be more than what they've always been taught and believed to be the right thing. And that is the conclusion of this episode. I believe I hit all of the points for the most part. If you want to send feedback, once again, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>